You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go! Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. Today, I will discuss my trip that I recently took to Walt Disney World, where I used their own scoring rubric against them, the four keys to the kingdom, on Behind the Magic, where we entertain that space between your ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a Takeover Tuesday. I know you are not used to hearing my voice first for Takeover Tuesday, but I just wanted to let you know before our fabulous mutineers take over that Zeke is sadly not going to be available this episode. He's still either lost in the void or taken by aliens. That is up to you all to decide. Without further ado, I hand it over to Nick and Dave. This is Takeover Tuesday on Behind the Magic Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Dave, and we are taking over this podcast. We are the Mousecapades Podcast, taking over today on Take... What's it called? Take Back Tuesday? Takeover Tuesday! Alright, Takeover Tuesday. And I would like to say, you know, if Zeke was taken by aliens, Rachel, I definitely want to go with him. Oh, okay. So it is the nice aliens. The nice aliens, yeah. I don't want any probing or anything going on. Beam me up, Zeke. That's right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Alright, so I thought for Takeover Tuesday, I would love to talk about my trip that I uh, just recently got back from uh, to Walt Disney World. And what I did on our podcast, I... I graded my guest experience using Disney's own grading system. They have basically a system of four keys to their kingdom on how they rate their guest experience. So for those of you who don't know, Nick and I are both teachers, and we're used to grading our students. So Nick Nick decided to take his teaching expertise to the Magic Kingdom and uh, rate Disney. So we're going to find out today if if Mickey's making the honor roll or if he's going to get held back this year. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, No Mickey left behind, though, buddy. That's right. Yeah. He'll make it through. He'll go to summer school. He'll do anything. He will. Do what it takes to to push him along, right? To shuffle him to the next grade level. So anywho, yeah, I got ahead of myself there. But uh, no, I just got back from a trip from Walt Disney World. And I, and I basically just use the four keys as a grading system that Walt Disney already uses for their own cast members and how they're supposed to uh, project or provide great guest experience. Now, Rachel, yeah, in 1955, Walt Disney, I don't know if you know this, created uh, an orientation class for his newly developed Disneyland. And this orientation class was called Traditions. I have heard from a couple of our uh, Earning Her Ears authors yeah, they do offer a Keys of the Kingdom tour, with which they teach you this, and I, I had an opportunity. I was blessed to take the tour myself, and I gained more knowledge, and it was a very cool tour. So if you get a chance to take it, I would suggest go ahead and do so. Well, the four keys, basically, on how cast members are supposed to I get, give great guest experience throughout the park is safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. So Disney developed these four keys, and they also developed ba- these like seven set of standards, and seven's pretty important because they actually use the number seven 
seven for the seven dwarfs. One of them is be happy, make eye contact and smile, be like sneezy, greet and welcome each and every guest, spread the, you know, the spirit of hospitality. It's contagious. Three, you know, don't be bashful, seek out guest contact, be like doc, provide immediate service and recovery. Don't be grumpy. Always display appropriate body language at all times and be like sleepy. Create dreams and preserve the magical guest experience. Don't be dopey. Thank each and every guest, okay? So that was a that's a mouthful. That that's a lot to remember. It only took me about a minute to remember all of this stuff, but apparently back in 1955, a lot of the cast members had a hard time remembering those set of standards. And so they just changed them, okay? They changed them to four four set uh, four standards, and this will be the last thing I'll talk about before I talk about my trip and how I graded them. So I'm just laying down the the, the groundwork. I don't want your listeners to be sleeping on me already. But they changed it up to I will project a positive image and energy. I am courteous and respectful to all guests, including children. I stay in character and play the part, and I go above and beyond. You know, and Dave, us being teachers, we can really relate to this because we live by standards and objectives every single day. Yeah, I feel like a cast member already because sometimes I would want to uh, show my students how I really feel, but I have to put that character in play and, uh, and stay positive at all times, so... So, I'm right there with them. Yeah, so cast members, when, when they're hired at Disney World or Disneyland or Adventures by Disney as a, as a guide or on the cruise ship or whatever it may be, Rachel, they have to live by these keys, safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. And so what I did was I, I went ahead and I graded my experience on my last trip, and I stayed out at the Art of Animation. Have you been there? I have. I love that resort. My family and I, we just stayed at an Lion King suite. A year ago, we had a car suite. We've been really trying to book a Nemo suite but man those are just booked up years in advance it's kind of hard to get those art of animation rachel i mean it's an amazing place i gave a's across the board in safety courtesy show and efficiency that place i tell you what all of those cast members they smiled the whole entire time and just provided they really did you know it was super hot out there and and one uh store in particular i can tell you about you know just the lifeguards and the bellhops they're outside all day long sweating their rear ends off and i never once saw any of them frowning they're just working with a smile the whole entire day. It's like plastered on their face. It was almost scary. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing that Nick's neglecting to tell you right now is that he went sw- tried to go swimming two or three oh, days. Oh, yes, you're right. Two or three. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I went swimming, like, th- tried to swim three times in a row. And, and something about me, Rachel, you're going to learn tonight. I have a fear of swimming in public pools. I, I can't stand it. And, and can you guess why? <laughs> I don't know why. Well, kids, kids pee in the pool. <laughs> oh, I see. Mm. Yeah, so I don't want to be jumping all in that, you know? So seriously, I okay, so I took my son down there and got all prepared. We walk into the pool. Not even 10 seconds later, Rachel, the lifeguards blow the whistle. Oh. Yeah, someone pooped in the pool. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was thinking like, oh, it's a break right after you get there. No, no, it's the worst. Oh no. So I'm wigging out already. I, you know, I can't stand to swim in in public pools, but my son was dying to go in. So we go in and it happened again, like the following day. And then it happened again later on in my stay near the end of the week. And, uh, no, I had the worst luck. So bottom line is they get straight A's across the board at Art of Animation, except don't go swimming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pooping in the pool pool i couldn't fit that in to the four keys so that was kind of excluded you know it wasn't held evidence in court dave (laughs) so anywho and let's take a minute for our mouse news minute (music) 
Hello, and welcome to the June 30th edition of Tim's Mouse News Minute. Disney announced yesterday that the magic of Disney animation at Hollywood Studios would be closing on July 12th. The animation gallery right next door to the magic of Disney animation will remain open until late August. Disney has not yet announced when this attraction will be reopening, nor have they announced any Anything that will be replacing this attraction. So this attraction is now yet another in a long list of closed attractions at Hollywood Studios. That is all we have for the Mouse News Minute today. Let's hand it back up, Rachel, for the rest of the Behind the Magic podcast. Have a terrific Tuesday, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Moving on, the first place I went to was Hollywood Studio. Awesome. The people there were amazing. Uh, everyone stood or stood in character the whole entire time like you're in Hollywood you know on a set which I thought was awesome my son did the Jedi Academy thing we signed him up and got him in the Jedi Academy and uh, he had a blast we actually a cast member from the Jedi Academy that works there listens to our show he recognized uh, a t-shirt that my nephew had on uh, Mousecapades t-shirt he's like oh Mousecapades I listened to you and uh, he had us come back and um, this this goes into you know going above and beyond in your duties just, just like the cast members are, are supposed to do that's one of the four keys he, he, he told us to come back and he had signed uh, jedi academy lightsabers uh for my nephew and for my son and they were autographed by darth vader which i thought was kind of cool yeah so jake from St- uh from star tours not state farm you almost said state farm right uh thank you so much so that was awesome i believe i gave them all a's across the board if i'm not mistaken so, right yeah. Dave? yeah i gave them all a's as well and then we head over to epcot i really enjoyed this park mainly because you could run 20 or 30 yards this past trip and uh, until you ran into someone that's how light the traffic was and this is peak season it was pretty cool i i mean i give the, i gave them a's across the board as well and we'll hop on over to the magic kingdom and uh i believe they got a's across the board except for in this is where nick downgraded yeah, yeah. his one flaw yeah courtesy you know, courtesy, they're, they're supposed to be projecting a positive image. They're supposed to be respectful to all guests of all ages. They're supposed to even go above and beyond to exceed your expectations. You know, this is what the cast members are supposed to live by. In the Liberty Tree Tavern, and Boosh, I'm going to call her out again three weeks in a row on different podcasts. Stacy. She's going to hunt you down. From Virginia, right? Uh, I don't know. I have nothing to do with this. Yeah, I have nothing oh, to do from, with this, Stacy from, from oh, Virginia. Oh yeah, Stacy from where was it? Uh, Chester, Virginia, I think. From at the Liberty Tree Tavern. Oh my gosh, no! This is why I'm calling her out, Rachel. She rolled her eyes at multiple families. Yes, and huffed and puffed, and they were just asking questions as to you know how long is the wait? Do you, is how long is my wait going to be? Do you know? Is it ten, fifteen minutes? And she would roll her eyes. And go back to the cast member behind her and like kind of like tattletale or whatnot. And that cast member would roll her eyes as well. And it wasn't just once or twice or three times. It was multiple times. Um, she even rolled her eyes at us. We had two family members get sick in our party. So our party went down from six to four. And she huffed in front of us and rolled her eyes in front of me. And I was like shocked. I was like going, I was like shocked at that point. Didn't know what to do. Kind of went off to the corner and I watched her do it repeatedly to, to other families. It really just, it kind of hurt to be honest with you you know it kind of took the magic away so that was the only category i think i gave him what a c plus yeah this was the downgrade of the the whole grade card but uh all in 
and all, it was awesome. I think we ended up giving them a 3.85, which is a GPA, which is a B plus. I think it's cum laude, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, I had a great trip. Uh, the gray stuff at uh, Bell's Castle was delicious, you know. Um, I had a conversation with a former spoon, you know, before she was transformed back into a human. Uh, that lady stayed in character the whole entire time, too. That was amazing. My uh, mother and my wife thought I was crazy. Having a conversation with a spoon, but I was wanting to see how far she would take her job and she took it all the way man i'll tell you what she crossed the finish line and, and we we had a great time i i'm gonna be taking the uh i can't think of what the name is what the name what the name of the like the tour that takes you into the utility utilidors it's probably the same one yeah it's the keys the keys of the kingdom and you're gonna learn about all that stuff it's awesome you've just gotten me even more pumped for it <laughs> oh it's awesome they got a lot yeah i saw departments down there i've been trying to get into the learning development center down there for the past year applying like crazy and i've only made it through they have like six or seven rounds or whatnot that you have to go through and i made it halfway each time anywho yeah so i got to see that and cry as i walked by just reach out so close yet so far Hey, yeah, you know, you can't bring your selfie stick in. So if you wanted to bring a selfie stick to the park, you can't bring them. But uh, anywho, yeah, trip was awesome. Uh, Utilidors, outstanding. I got to go behind the scenes where they, where the hangar where they keep all of the floats for the parade. I took a, a ride on the... Jungle Cruise, uh, but it wasn't the skipper that told us uh, the story about the Jungle Cruise. I learned the historic point of view from our tour guide, who uh, went. We went through the ride, and he pointed out all the historic value point. You know the points of. Uh, throughout the ride of the animals and stuff like that. At one point in the uh, Jungle Cruise, one of the tribesmen uh, shouts at you, I love disco, which I never heard before until I went through the ride. So they're thinking maybe that stands for Disney Company, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, no one knows, but it says, I love disco, while the other ones are chanting, like, I don't know, African language or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, Well, that sounds awesome, and now I can't wait. So you've made me jealous. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was great talking with you this evening. I, like I said, I'm a fan of Behind the Magic, and I'm, it's it's great to be on, Dave. This is really cool because yeah, I thanks for these, the opportunity. I listen to these guys all the time. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on, and thank you, Nick, for taking over. So it looks like we have sadly come to the end of our time with Nick and Dave and talking about wonderful Disney vacations. Would you like to tell them where they can find your podcast? Yeah, definitely. You can you can search us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Attic, uh, Mousecapades Podcast, or you can go straight to our feed. Podbean.mousecapadespodcast.com. That's, so. that's a mouthful, so you might want to search us out. Yeah, and you can also find us on Facebook it's, and on Twitter. Facebook is uh, Mousecapades Podcast, and on Twitter is Mousecapades Pod, because our name's too long. It was too big of a mouth for Twitter. Hit us up. Listen to us. And as always, you can find all of our links at btmpodcast.com. That links to Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. And as always, don't forget to like, favorite, comment, and subscribe to any content provider that you like or enjoy or don't like and want to let them know. And don't forget when booking your theme park vacations to use Tim Books. He can help you plan your Disney vacation with the up-to-minute news that he gives us every single day. You can find him on Facebook by searching Fairy Tale Journeys by Tim Brooks. You know, I, I know this is the thing to do now, Rachel. I want to do my best Zeke impersonation. I'm leaving this one up to Nick. Bye! Hopefully I did it right. I don't even know. But, uh, <laughs> no, I love hearing that at the end of every podcast. It's awesome. That was perfect. So I guess then that just leaves Dave and I to say bye! Peace! Peace! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
most delightful in a most delightful way. You quite finished. Today we discuss how we almost had our own little slice of Disneyland here in the St. Louis, Missouri area on Behind the Magic, where I'm training to do my retirement job of walking backwards at the Haunted Mansion ride. It's Nick and Dave from the Mousecapades podcast, taking over Tuesdays here. For those of you who don't know, Nick and I are both school teachers from St. Louis, and we have our own podcast, the Mousecapades podcast, and we're coming to you this week to talk to you about our hometown, St. Louis, the Lou, and about how we almost had our own Disneyland right here on our own backyard, right, Nick? St. Louis, right there on the riverfront. It would have been between what was Sportsman Park back then, uh, which is now Bush Stadium, but it's relocated, and uh, the arch that was being uh, constructed. So close, but yet so far away. So uh, we're going to give you a little timeline today of how things went down and, and kind of the interesting facts about how there were several ride concepts developed for this St. Louis Park, which would be called Riverfront Square, which you're seeing in the parks nowadays. Which is cool because, Rachel, some of these attractions were created in Disneyland, because the plans for it were developed in St. Louis. Oh. And Dave will go over that with you, too. Yeah, so our timeline on Riverfront Square starts uh, in February of 1963, and that's when the mayor of St. Louis actually met with Disney and said, hey, we're looking to redevelop this area of our riverfront. What was so appetizing for Walt Disney and that attracted him to the St. Louis area is because just down the street, a couple hours down Highway 70, Marceline, Missouri, you know, Walt's childhood state is Missouri and his childhood town, Marceline, Missouri, was right down the street. So that kind of drew him to St. Louis when he was called out by the mayor to say, hey, come come and check our town out. We would like you to invest in St. Louis. Yeah, and we all know that Main Street USA is patterned after that childhood home in Marceline. So, uh, so, so Disney listened to the mayor of St. Louis and thought it was a, actually a pretty good idea. They were going to develop a one-block area, which then turned into a four-block area on the North St. Louis Riverfront. One of the major things that was an obstacle for them was was the harsh winters of St. Louis. And I mean, it gets bitter cold. We're talking snow, and there's no attractions that are really going to last out outside and give the public the enjoyment they need. When it's outside like that. So they decided that they were going to enclose this whole thing. And when Nick and I talk about this, we're talking like we think of Ikea because it's like the only place that's small, that's indoors, that's big right. enough to house something like this. But what's cool about it, Rachel, just like in Vegas, I don't know if you've been in Vegas, you know how in some casinos they project uh, the time of day on the ceiling. Like you'll see clouds. Right. And, you know, you, yeah, and it's the sun's up and then at night the sun goes down and that's projected onto the ceiling that's sort of like how this was going to be played out in st louis as well they were going to project the weather that was outside in the inside i mean that just tells you that walt really had this park in mind like he was yeah. really going to move forward with these. he plans. had an interest in st louis definitely so you're going to hear some more some more uh familiar rides being described here so the first thing that they changed around was instead of that uh what way people move or to take you down to the riverfront, they were just going to take you on a bayou boat ride. They, they oh. decided to split this indoor park into two parts, which was going to be, one of them was going to be St. Louis, and then on the other side of it was going to be kind of like a New Orleans Square type of park, which was introduced to, to, the, to the Disney parks. Yeah, so this whole, this whole St. Louis project uh, was, was put on hold because there's, a, there's a, an, a fable out there that people like to believe that the night before the deal was going to go down, they had this big gala in the St. Louis area, and uh, 
for those of us that don't know, Anheuser-Busch's headquarters are here in St. Louis. That's where the whole brewery started for Anheuser-Busch, America's largest brewery. Uh, Gus, Gussie Bush. And Gussie <laughs> Bush came to the gala and, and stood up and gave a speech because he and Walt were friends about how he's so excited for this park to take place. But there's no way that a park is going to go in Gussie Bush's backyard without serving AB products, so the, sure. the Anheuser-Busch brand. And, and Walt was a huge, huge critic of serving alcohol in his parks, and he said there's no way that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, so most people think that that was the big tie-up, and that, that's how this whole project you know, didn't end up coming true, and that's not the case at all. In fact, uh, Disney decided that he was going to compromise with, with AB, and they did include a bar area on the top floor of this indoor amusement park, which would serve all kinds of alcohol. It just would not be included with, in, inside with all of the attractions. Uh, they had direct access from the outside to go up to this top bar area. So uh, there's a lot of people out there that say that that was why, because AB, AB ruined the chance of having well, Disneyland Walt's in St. Louis. Didn't Walt's friend come out later on and say that was the reason why, though? Well, there, you know, there's a, there's several of his people that were close to him that said, well, I heard this and I heard that, so there's disputed facts in it. But in, a, in the end, there are overwhelming facts that said that this was not the reason. The, the mm. whole reason that this park didn't come true is because... Walt found that land in Florida that was going for super right, cheap, right. and then, and then in the end, uh, people said the people said that if you can give us this, Disney's people said if you can give us this land in St. Louis for the same price we're getting this land in Florida, you got a deal. And St. Louis said we can't handle it. And then so that because, goes into because the, we're building the we were building the arch yeah, and the new Butch Stadium. Yeah, and so and uh, St. Louis's deal was we will build the structure and we will pay for the structure. But Disney will have to front the cash for all of the attractions on the inside. Well, then they got into, is the heating and cooling system part of the attractions? Because some of those attractions had to be kept colder than others. And the interior walls to go into the different scenes of the attractions, would that be included in the building costs? So there's a lot of tie-ups on the money aspect of this. So for those of us that say liquor ruined Disneyland in St. Louis, that's not true at all. But as the story goes, that's what people think. And uh, Disney stood up and said, I'm out of here, got in his plane and took off in the sunset just in the wrong direction. He yeah, went, and in he fact, went southeast. And in fact, he did take off from St. Louis with his people. And that's then they flew that's over. He, yep. And uh, they flew over that cross section in Florida and, and said, this is where I want to build my park. And they started building up uh, building up fake companies to buy out that yeah. property. <laughs> now, uh, now in Texas they actually they thought about Texas as well, right? And yeah. they were butting heads. Was that Dallas, Texas? Uh, Houston, I Houston, think. Okay. And they had a couple. They had a couple of different projects going on. They had one in Canada that they were thinking about building. Now, if it gets cold in St. Louis, think about Canada <laughs> yeah. having a park out there is about impossible. It'd be an ice park, dude. <laughs> yeah. So they had one in Houston, and that that encountered some troubles as well. And none of them in, in the end were built. However, a lot of the different rides and attractions that that they did have planned for the St. Louis area. They found themselves a home in these Disney parks. Yeah, they, just, they found it in Disneyland, and then they became so popular that Walt Disney World said, "Hey, show us some love," <laughs> and that's how you know Disney Disney World got uh, a lot of their rides as well. Yeah. So in the end of this whole uh, St. Louis Disneyland deal, uh, they had a presentation that the Disney folks were presenting to the uh, the city of St. Louis in January of 1964. And man, would I love to see that presentation because I heard it was super, but nobody has a copy of it. So uh, they presented this presentation and, and kind of spelled out all the rides, which we talked to you about the Lewis and Clark adventure. They were going to do something with uh, caves because uh, the state of Missouri has a ton of caves. So they were going to have a, a, a cave area. So does that sound familiar? But we don't. I don't visit this very much with my family, but I think I'm going to do it this time. Tom Sawyer Island. Oh, yep. 
tons of caves in there for the kids to explore. So they were going to do that. They had the Circle Vision ride. Um, and then they decided that they were going to do some sort of dark ride that they haven't developed the theme for it as of this January 64 presentation. But they, they thought that maybe it would involve Peter Pan or Snow White, which we know both those rides turned into dark rides at yep. Magic Kingdom. And let's take a minute for our Mouse News Minute. Hello and welcome to the July 7th edition of Tim's Mouse News Minute. The cast of The Chew will be heading to the Epcot Food and Wine Festival to tape five episodes which will air from October 12th through the 16th. And this will also be the first time that the cast has left their New York studio since The Chew debuted on ABC in 2011. Guests who will be in Epcot and would like to be part of the live audience can visit thechew.com on how to obtain tickets to these tapings. That is all we have for the Mouse News Minute today. Let's give it back to Zeke and Rachel for the rest of the podcast. Have a terrific Tuesday, and I will talk with you tomorrow. So everything was on track early in 1965, and then during the summer of 1965 is when things became uh, derailed. They had a meeting, and uh, the people, the two sides just could not come together over the financing of the project. And at that point, July 13th, 1965, the day that Disney broke my heart, yep. was the final meeting date where Disney put out a statement that said, We were asked to try and develop a major attraction. This is a quote. We were asked to develop a major attraction having the impact on the St. Louis area of a Disneyland. We suggested at that at the outset, that a project of that scope and size and cost might be difficult to accomplish, and due to the number of improbable factors, that is the case. Aww. So, yeah, the, the so speech Saint that Louis, broke my heart. So, St. Louis literally was just one signature away from getting their own Disneyland. So, it's a Disneyland that never happened for us in St. Louis. And so, that's why I think I like to live out my dreams of this Disneyland in St. Louis when I go to the parks. And I go on rides like Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion, and you go to Tom Sawyer Island and, and explore those caves. Even into the uh, the, the Big Thunder Mountain uh, Mine Train ride, the uh, there's there's a lot of aspects in that that came from the St. Louis area Disneyland that was supposed to happen. Wow, that's I had never even heard of that. Oh, it's a very interesting story. Yeah, yeah. we uh, so you know we came to it just from researching. First, you know, just Marceline, Missouri, you know, being from Missouri, we're like, man, Walt was just down the street, which we're going to be heading down there in a couple months doing a little field trip ourselves just for the two of us. And we'll be doing a live broadcast or I mean, excuse me, a live podcast uh, from out in Marceline, Missouri. And uh, so that kind of sparked the interest in seeing other stories and other articles. And Dave, he did all the research on this one. He just dug and dug and dug and dug as, you know, as teachers do, they research uh, (laughs) and he came up with all this information and I fact checked it. And yeah, lo and behold, yeah, the Disneyland that never happened for St. Louis. We were literally just one signature away. They, like, like Dave said, they, they met that final night and they were meeting there to sign paperwork and they couldn't agree on it. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Disney that almost was. Yeah. (laughs) Bringing a tear to my eye right now. (laughs) It's okay. We can all be emotional about it. Wow. Thank you for bringing this story. I mean, this is something I never even 
heard of or imagined would actually be a thing, but well, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting me share the story. Yeah, that's cool. You know, you learned something. That's awesome. I, that's why we're teachers, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much again for coming on for another Takeover Tuesday. I definitely learned something and was entertained today. Awesome. We'll be happy to take over anytime you'd like us. <laughs> we would love to have you guys again. Uh, would you like to tell our listeners where you, they can find your podcast? Sure, you can find our podcast on most of the major networks. Uh, you are on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Our actual live feed is going to be uh, mousepayspodcast.podbean.com. Yep, you can always text us at 407-674-0414. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Uh, Facebook, just search Mousecapades Podcast, and on Twitter, we are Mousecapades Pod. And don't forget Instagram, Dave. I just got done uploading a whole bunch of pictures from my trip last week, and you can follow us on Instagram, Mousecapades Podcast. You got it. So I guess that leaves us with just one more thing to say. You want to do it this no, time? No, it's all you, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to do my, my best Zeke impersonation again. Bye! Bye, guys. And at the Mouse- and at the Mousecapades podcast, we say peace. Peace. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast, brought to you by our friends at themagicalmouse.com. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. At mousecapadespodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.